In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast pal is the one, the only, Travis Ratz here, articulating. (laughs) Travis Ratz and I bring you this gift bi-weekly, sometimes weekly, sometimes once a month. But what you get, ladies and gentlemen, with our sweet package is two dudes talking about pot, talking on a podcast about comic books and so you're on a you're on an unusual episode for travis and i today we're, we're gonna try something different last week we talked to you well two weeks ago i don't know last time we saw you we had a little we had a little thing we call a variant edition we talked about uh, aquaman we talked about into the spider verse and now uh we're gonna do something different we normally on this show travis you and i dive deep we take a deep dive into one one comic, uh, one trade, and we knock it around a little bit, kick the tires, and discuss it Oprah Winfrey style. We're doing something different today. Can, why don't you tell the audience? You've just been nodding at me the entire time. Can you, let's, why don't you tell the audience what we're doing that's a little different today, Travis? Besides mixing our metaphors like a mother... <laughs> All metaphors should be mixed. There's so many mixed Like metaphors. cocktails. <laughs> if you were a supervillain, that would be your name, Mixed Metaphor. Yeah, and yeah. like, oh my god, what a great idea for a supervillain who just speaks all his dialogues, just mixing just up metaphors. Metaphor. Like, it'd be it's a very like the t- it's a very tick villain. Or all right, don't listen. Don't try to take my <laughs> like, idea. No, I like it. I like it. I'm not denying. It. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, what did you ask me? <laughs> What are, what are we doing so different on this episode? Oh, this you know, this one, I'm actually looking forward to this um, because, you know, you get into a routine of doing podcasting. And you're like, all right, variant, book, variant, book. Today, what we're doing is an unveiling, I'm calling it. I'm calling it an unveiling. <laughs> like a bride, let me use a metaphor here. Like a bride who walks down the aisle and you lift up her veil to see what did I get oh, myself is into. Is that what an unveiling is? Is that what an unveiling is? <laughs> <laughs> it's an unveiling. Oh, all right. All right. A lot of people don't know that. That's where that expression comes from. Oh, yeah. oh. It's like when you've had your house fumigated and then they take the tent off, yes, right? Yes, exactly. This is a detenting. Mixed metaphors. <laughs> uh, we're going to be actually looking at uh, uh, a the first of four issues uh, from a new comic book publisher, uh, TKO Comics. Uh, TKO Studios. TKO Studios. Excuse me. Excuse me. TKO TKO Studios, my apologies. My humblest <laughs> apologies. Humblest. Uh, and they are they just launched this new year and they put they had their their first books out. Uh, and you can read the first issues for free, Josh. For online. free. I hope you didn't pay for them. I didn't, Actually, no. I hope you did, because we should probably support these people and what they're doing. Um, but if you are looking for some new comics, or you're looking at what's, you know, the where comics are going, this is kind of like our look into this new publisher, what they're doing, and how we feel about it, Josh. 
But- right. And we're going to, instead of, you know, we normally dive into one volume. You and I read the first issues of each of these four books, and we're going to kind of pull it apart, see what we think. And then we've decided that one of these volumes, we're going to read the trade. Because the cool thing about TKO, Travis, if I can call you Travis, Trav, okay. I'll Dr. Dr. T Money, but be careful, is that, counselor. <laughs> is that they're going to, what they're doing is they are literally releasing these single issues. The floppies, the same time they release the trade. So if you're a single issue guy and you're like, I don't, I don't want the trades. I like the single issues. I like the, I like to feel them separate. I like to bag and board them. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Yep. Or if you're like me, a trade grubber, you don't want to wait. Dirty trade grubber. A dirty trade grubber. You don't want to wait month to month for these these things to come out that you can just read on the crapper and one duke. Right now, you can get the whole six issues at one time. How does this? How does this? What is? What do you think about this, Travis? Well, can what do you think, think about can this concept? A, can we take a step back? Yeah, I yeah, want, yeah. I'll talk about this, but I also want yeah. to say happy birthday, Josh. Oh, thanks, but I appreciate yeah, it. It's yeah. my birthday. You know what? In 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 life, you know, uh, most people don't even get a podcast partner. You know, right? And right, I got, right, I got right. my boy Josh here. Like, yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm. The one. It should be my birthday because I'm <laughs> receiving all the gifts today. So talk to me. Yeah. Talk to me about your birthday week, man. How has it been? I know you, you've been busy, busy, busy at work. It's, I don't want to talk about that. Let's no. talk about that free time, baby. Okay. So I guess before we, I guess yeah, we should do a little catch up before we dive into the book. I guess I, I got a little put a little put a little some stank on what we were doing. You're excited. I, I am excited it. to talk about this. So my week has been super crazy. Uh, this last weekend was Royal Rumble weekend here in Phoenix. Yeah. And my son is a big wrestling, big wrestling nerd. And so for uh, his birthday and Christmas, we got tickets to NXT TakeOver, which is the minor leagues for WWE, but it's much better than WWE. It's like, it's, it's supposed to be the minor leagues, but the product they put out much better. Then we went and saw that that was Saturday. Sunday, we went and saw the Royal Rumble. Then we had tickets for Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night SmackDown. We made it through three nights in a row of wrestling. And let me tell you, Royal Rumble was six hours, dude. That was a six-hour show uh, we were at. We made it to Monday Night Raw. And then Tuesday, little dude was done. I'd be like, he didn't go to school that day. He took the day off. He was, like, just exhausted. And so I got home from work, and I was like, uh, I didn't think he was going to go, but then he told Gabby, like, I told my wife, no, I want to go. I want to go. I'll go with dad. Let's let's do it. And so I get home. I'm like, buddy, you ready? He just still had, like, pajamas on. I'm like, you ready to go? He's like, yeah, I don't think I want to go. He's <laughs> like, like, I don't think I don't think I can do it. So we managed to do three nights of wrestling, and uh, they were, I mean, Raw's, you know, three hours long. Uh, the Royal Rumble's, like, six hours long. Takeover was like, I don't know, two and a half, three hours long. It was a giant night, are, a giant three nights of you wrestling. You are either the world's best parent or the world's worst parent. It's like a rich man, poor man perspective. situation. Perspective, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. It's, all, it's all about perspective. Like dragging, uh, but it was a lot of fun. Like you, like you create this amazing four days for your child, you know, yeah. and bonding time. But you also subjected this child. You drugged this child like during right. school nights, like right, right in the middle of the year. <laughs> Right. And and so on Saturday morning, they do like a fan fest. WWE, whenever WWE puts on these the big pay-per-view things, they do like an access thing. And so for Royal Rumble, it's one of the big four that they do throughout the year. They uh, had 
all of the stars were there. So Renner and I got our pictures taken with a bunch of wrestlers. We, we met Booker T. We met a bunch of the NXT guys. We met some of the NXT UK wrestlers. And so like we got pictures with a bunch of them. We got signatures from a bunch of them. So it was, it was like they, that, like they're nice Saturday with, right? They're nice yeah, they guys. were all, yeah, they yeah. were all super nice. I mean, it is essentially the way that they run that fan fest. It's all about meeting the wrestlers. And so you don't have a lot of time to chat with them. Because it's essentially like you wait in line, you meet four of them. You wait in another line, you meet six of them, right? And right, so, right. like, it it was kind of cool to kind of like go see all of these folks that you see on you know on TV. And Renner got to see them in person, and you know we got to have our pictures taken with them. Some of them were like super friendly, which is cool. And a couple of them said I had a very nice beard. So I mean, that's always oh nice, some, nice. You, some some of the wrestlers who also have lovely beards commented on how nice my beard was. So it made are, me feel good. How are the because their muscles. Their muscles are much better than mine, so it was nice to like at least have some beard envy from them. How are the ladies? You know, we could talk about this off we, air. We'll talk about this off air. We did. We did get to meet <laughs> a lot of the nice wrestle ladies. So we got we got some good pictures with the wrestle ladies. Renner Renner got to meet uh, a couple of his uh, favorite female wrestlers. So that Less, was pretty cool. Wrestlers, if you will, lady wrestlers. Le- yeah, wrestlers. I, I, I guess the proper nomenclature. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was it was a busy week, and then this week has just been it's just been a crazy week at work, and so I'm excited to podcast with you. My wife has been sick, so she was out like two days of work, and then she came home early today. So we were gonna go out for my birthday, uh, go do dinner, but she's she's on her deathbed, so not really. I don't don't she's not really on her deathbed but she's not i don't want people to think that like you're doing a podcast when your wife is dying no she's not I, actually dying. i want people to think that that's how committed we are to what we're doing here today yeah. so committed to comic books groans that's what we're like, doing groans of agony in the background we're like babe i'm trying to podcast about comics <laughs> shut up jeez josh like we're here to talk about comics not about you god you wait wait a son of a, <laughs> wait a sidetrack us Bitch. But anyways, yeah, let's get to this comic book stuff, dude. Yeah. Here's what I want to talk about. TKO, buddy. Here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about TKO. Total knockout. Um, so TKO comics. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up um uh something from what we have here. I believe it is the uh audio visual club, and just kind of I'm just gonna kind of use this. So uh TKO Comics is this new comic book publisher, and they're trying to do things a little bit differently. Have you looked into them, Josh? Not, not a. I mean, I've saw, I found them on Twitter. Uh, the thing that I, someone would tweeted about it. I follow a couple artists. A uh, Dan McCade who did who did the art on the fearsome Doctor Fang. I follow him on Twitter. I followed him on a, you know on Instagram and a couple other places. And so he was, you know, he had shared some stuff about it when they were first dropping these books. You know, I'm out of the uh, comic book news game. I used to, I used to go to a bunch of websites and and kind of track what was going on, but. I, I just haven't been in on it. So when this came out and I saw the uh, the concept, the idea that they're going to release, they're not going to make you wait month to month for a story. Uh, it's a binge model of comics, yeah, if you will. A Netflix, Netflix era of comic books, right? And so I really, that, that speaks to what we do on this show so much. And it speaks to the way that I want to read books, right? Like yeah. one of my favorite books to get um, is that, is, you know, we've talked about it before, Headlopper. He does like a 60 page, 40 to 60 page quarterly comic. Right. Right. It only comes out every quarter, uh, four times a year. And it's great. I love that I get like a big chunk of story. Um, so this makes me happy. I, I enjoy this. I'm curious 
how sustainable this model is, mm-hmm. but I, I I really enjoy the idea of it. So the the guys who invest this, that is one of their their the things that they're doing. They're trying to do comics for the new age audience, and one of the right. things that we that I'm sure we'll talk more about is the idea of making it that binge model. Mm-hmm. Here's the second thing that they're doing that is is kind of revolutionary. Up until this point, as a comic uh, publisher, you have to go through what major distribution? Good old Diamond. Good yeah. old Diamond, right? And Diamond has caused, you know, it's it's a real love-hate relationship with Diamond and these publishers because it, they're the ones responsible for getting these comics into the comic shops and in people's right. hands, ultimately. But you have to, as a comic book shop, you have to order like three months out. So you right. have to predict. And so you essentially have to order like the first three issues of any book, whether it's going to sell or not. And right. they're notorious for shorting comic book uh, stores books, for sending damaged copies. And they can't like if you reorder as a comic book shop, you oftentimes maybe can get your new issues in a week. But oftentimes it's more delayed than that. So it's, yeah. it, the Diamond has a monopoly over the distribution in comics. And it has so for decades. Uh, and it's been a kind of an issue with a lot of these stores uh, and getting comics into people's hands. So what TKO is doing is they're doing direct to stores, right? So stores are ordering directly from TKO. So they can yeah. they can get their comics within a couple of days, uh, U.S. shipping, and they're giving these comic book stores a 50% discount. So whereas yeah. a Diamond Publishing, they just raised their, min- just raised their minimum rates from 1500 uh uh, to uh, 2300 for a minimum purchase. So, you know, yeah. like every, your orders have to be $2,300 or whatever it is, you know. Right. Um, but TKO is coming in and being like, listen, we just want to get these comics into your hands as soon as possible. We want the number that you want for your store, and we're going to give you a sizable discount. Now, right. so that's number two. It's binge-worthy, and they're also trying to cut through that, that uh, you know, distributor. And then right. the third thing is... Uh, uh, as you mentioned, uh, what were we talking about here? Oh, uh, is the the ways you can read it. So you have the digital comics. Every issue that they're going to release, every series, they're going to give you the first one free online. That's what we read. Then they're going to offer you that single issues. You can buy them like a box set, so you can buy six issues. And the I, box set looks pretty nice, dude. Pretty, I love that idea of having a Be- box set. Right, because here's the other thing. One of the reasons I like trade is because, the tra- like, look, there's something special about single issues. There is. But the reason I like the trade is, like, look, it looks good on the shelf. It's one single thing. But if you give me a box that I keep, that I get to, like, put all the singles in and I can just, like, put the box up, because it's a nice-looking box, too. It's yeah. It has to do with what, you know, it, it's not just a... It's not just like a look. Here's a crappy box I'm sending to you, and it also works with the art of the book and stuff like that. It's and so displayable, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's kind of something for me. I'm like, oh, how do I want to? How do I want to order that? Right? right. So that's kind of cool. So I, so far, these three things that they're they're doing. I mean, they're calling themselves the new modern kind of comic book thing. But I think those three small things are definitely. We'll discuss whether they work or not. Uh, but they're definitely. It's it's a play. It's it's an interesting move. Now, you, right. got, you asked the question, is it sustainable? And well, we could talk about this, but the guy who started it, uh, we don't know. Uh, they haven't released where the seed money is coming from, but they have enough seed money where they can hire all these high-end writers. I mean, you got like Garth Ennis on here, Jeff Lemire, uh, you know, these right. high-end writers and artists, and also have this massive push with these issues and, and right. offering these discounts so it becomes is this sustainable 
So that's uh, that's my question. I think it's only my question because they have to write these so pretty far in advance, right? Yeah. And so what you've got and that that happens in all models, and I'm not saying that is, but what, what image is nailed down is we're gonna release these six issues. If it looks like it's doing good, then we'll go ahead and do a trade. You know, and then they usually do the trade pretty quick. So it's not that they're not planning those things out, but it always seems to me like I love the idea of just like, here's your graphic novel. Here it is. Here's your trade. Let's do it like this. I like that model, but I'm curious, like, are you, I'm wondering what the structure is to pay these guys for this work. Because right now, if these first volumes are out, I'm assuming these guys are all working on the second volume of this stuff. Sure. What if none of that sells? Yeah. Right. And I don't know. And, And look, maybe, maybe the models built in a way where they don't have to sell as much because you're not selling it through, you're, you're not selling it through diamond. So maybe you don't have to order as much or print as much and do all those things. So maybe the model's a little better. Maybe they found a way to quick print stuff. I don't, I don't know. Well, it is the Netflix model. I mean, how does right. Netflix decide? I mean, cause they pull all the shows out of one. You're right. How do they yeah. decide that? Like stranger things it hit, it was a slow start. Like it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of hype around it, but then it was this massive thing, but they had already right. kind of decided like, you know, they must, I don't know if they, but I'm sure Netflix has a larger testing. I don't know, but. I don't know, man. I'm sure that someone's, I'm sure there have been many conversations between TKO and some of these networks like Netflix on how this modeling works. So Right. And I think the also thing that you get is, is you're letting, you're letting a guy like Garth Ennis, like, here you go, dude, just do your thing. Right. Make your thing. We're going to release it all at one time. You don't have to worry about a monthly sales model. You don't have to worry about diamond orders. We're going to let you. And I and I wonder if they structure it with these folks first. Like, how many issues do you want to do? What do you want? What do you want your story to look like? Are you doing three volumes? Are you doing two volumes? How do you want to do this? I wonder if that's part of the conversation to begin with. And I think, as a reader. I might want to know that in advance, but I don't think they're going to let me know that. But I'm always like, okay, well, if I'm, I kind of want to know, is this going to be three trades worth of stuff? But I guess it doesn't matter because when you read monthly, you don't know anyways. Exactly. But, you probably yeah. know less. You probably know less. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess so. I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. The concept of this, I love it. I love the idea of like, here it is. Now, I'm curious as how long am I going to have to wait for the next volume of one of these books, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you and I just taste tested these four and it looks like they've got another four that are coming out soon, right? The Jeff Lemire one isn't released yet, but that one will be released. And so I'm curious as to like, what's the wait time between each? Right. Is it six months? Because that's about what it is right now, depending on how, on what the schedule is, or is it yearly? Are we going to treat this like the Netflix model where you get your volume this year, you're going to get your volume next year? right. right. How does that work? And then is that too long of a wait between stories? That's what I'm curious about, right? Like that's the one thing that the monthly model has you on is that you get to read month to month. You know, it's it's it keeps you hooked to it. That's my one problem with Netflix, right? Why haven't I watched the why haven't I finished watching the new season of Punisher? Because like I waited so long between them that I'm kind of, I don't I'm not as excited anymore. Right. Right. It, well, it's you know, like, I don't know. It's kind of like trade waiting, though. I mean, that's what we do. Right. For, like black science and like Southern bastards and things like that. Uh, but it's right. also the reason why we probably don't read the next volume of trade 
as much as we might want to. to. I think that's part of it, right? Because yeah. then I guess like, I, I don't know. I, I, I We've only read the first issue. I am curious as to see how this, how a six issue arc works. Cause they're also, all of these are six issues. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're very much saying like, you have to write an arc that is six issues. We're going to release it at one time. I wonder what that's like. I wonder what that feels like as a writer. I'm curious. I have some questions. So let's get into it. You ready to get let, into let, it? Let's talk. Let's talk about these four issues. Uh, which one do you want to do first, Travis? Um, okay. Um, I have, I have secretly numbered them in my head. I want mm-hmm. you to say a number one through four, and okay. um, I'll tell you which one that is. Let's go three. Three is uh, Goodnight Paradise. All right, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about these books, uh, and we're, I mean, you know, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna you know we're gonna try to talk about it as much as we can. We're just reading one issue. So Goodnight Paradise is written by Joshua Dysart. Uh, with art by Alberto Ponticelli and then uh, coloring by uh, Julia Brusco or Julia Brusco. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but so that's the book. Travis, why don't you tell us quick, what's this bad boy about? What's this what's this story about? Yeah. So I'm going to I'm just going to read to you uh, from their site since, you know, I, I w- they're coming out with stuff. I'm going to give you their tagline for this. And I think this is probably okay. one of the shorter taglines of the four books that we're going to read. Uh, right. It says. Venice Beach, California, uh, sun, surf, sex, money, murder. After finding the body of a murdered teenage runaway, a homeless man vows to bring her killer to justice. Now, before we start this, Josh, um, since these issues are available for free online and we have not read the volume of these... We're going to go ahead and say that we might there might be some spoilers in these first issues as we talk right. about them. Uh, not overly spoiler, but like depending on the way Because we have no idea what happens that. after this. Exactly. So um, if you haven't read these first issues, hit pause, read them, and come back. If, but at the same time, it's not like we're spoiling this series for you like we would in a trade. Right, right. So this is essentially... Uh, let's just start right away. What was your take on this concept that we get in this first album this idea of a homeless guy in venice beach and we're not until the end we're not saying which ones we're not we're not ranking these i'm like oh this no. was my third favor my fourth right favorite, no, 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 whatever no. it is okay yeah um i like the i love the backdrop in this of venice beach i think yeah, that, it's fun right i think it's done really realistically too i've been to venice beach beach a couple of times and this whole idea of really there are like a couple of worlds in venice beach like there's always homeless people in Venice Beach, but there's also kind of this yuppie culture as well. And then you have like just the good old, um, you know, like like surf bums and like right. just you know the locals there. So I think that Dysart really captures the setting of Venice Beach really well. It's not just this is Venice Beach, but you could make it any beach uh, environment. It is very much Venice Beach, California. Uh, right. So that's what stood out to me first. And one of the first things I gravitated to in this first issue was like, wow, he's really writing Venice Beach really well. At least what I know of Venice Beach. Right, right. What do you think about the setting? I love the I love the concept of it. Right. Like the, the idea of like, let's take this sort of let's take this thing, you know, the California beach. When you think of beaches in California, Two things come to mind, like the sun and the surf and the and you know, the bikinis. Uh and the Baywatch sex, and the sex and the murder. And the bay you know, the Baywatch <laughs> yeah. of, of California, right? Yeah. 
but look, California's got some grubby stuff at the beach, man. There's some grubbiness there. And I like this idea of the homeless detective, right? I mean, we don't get that in this issue. There's not a lot of like him. We don't get the tagline. We get the introduction to it, but we don't see him solving a murder, right? We don't get that in this. But I do like this concept of yeah, no man, it's it's a homeless dude who's going to who's who's got to deal with this. Yeah, a, a new It's an a, interesting thing. A noir kind of tale in a very sunny background, which is like the opposite of a right. noir, you know? Like you think of it as like gritty New York, shades, light coming through it. Oftentimes new, when noir is done in comics like Sin City, it's in black and white. Actually, it's not even right. in color. And here we have like, oh, here's this dark genre, but in the most bright setting that we can think of. Right, and it's like the very first few pages are also, they're very bright, right? This, this idea of, I mean, you know, it starts with, you know, the the sort of beach scene and then you get the zoom in on the homeless guy and then it it is it's all very bright i mean there's a couple there's a piece of this that happens at night uh but a good portion of this is like during the daytime palm trees in the background homeless dudes yelling at people <laughs> off a, off of benches you know it's just really it's this interesting play on it and and you've got this main character eddie uh who you know is sort of comes across this murder and i think we see him poop a couple times it's such a strange it's a it's a running like it's the it's one of the main conflicts of the first issue is him having to take a shit right (laughs) and people are like you should go to a doctor eddie and he's like yeah i think it's gonna work i can't afford a doctor you know you know right uh, obamacare didn't really plan out the way we thought (laughs) (laughs) they only mention obama once when they talk about obama's cell phone yeah the obama phone yeah yeah, Obama phone. Uh, uh, yeah. What did you – so what's your – after reading this first issue, what's your interest in fi- and seeing where this goes? Is this one where you're like, okay, I kind of want to see where this goes or not? I, I do. I do want to see where this one goes. I, I love uh, how we li- – it's this homeless world, you know, these home- this homeless person. I think that that offers a different take. Uh, it offers right. it offers uh, a lot of opp- it offers something I don't know, right? You know. Yep. It, it offers a lot of opportunity for some social commentary. Not that I need that in a comic book, and some, in fact, sometimes I don't want that in a comic book. Right. Uh, but uh, I think there is you can you don't have to be hit it over the head, and you can just kind of see things in here. These two different cultures. Uh, it reminds me of uh, there's this movie called Brick by the director yeah. who did uh, uh, Looper. Um, yeah, what's like, his names in it? Yeah, Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt. George, yeah, I was going to say three names, yeah. like a serial killer, Joseph to, Gordon-Levitt. Whole separate po- podcast, but what happened to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know? Where's this guy? He was in that one Batman movie, oh, right? Yeah. He was in Looper, he was Robin in that Batman movie. Yeah, poor guy. I don't know what he's up to. Um, but it kind of reminds me of that. I'm always down for like a, like a hard-boiled detective story. And again, we haven't really got to the detectiveness, but it is a detective story. You know, it's right. Mystery. I mean, that's that's mystery. what we're going to that's what we're going to get about it. And I, you know what? I that's a genre that I don't read a lot of in comic book form is a yeah. sort of mystery story. And so I'm interested in that. Uh, what do you think about the art in this one? Um, uh, so uh, st- uh, last thing on story and then uh, art is okay, I, also, yeah, I also thought I left on a good cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. And it's done through dialogue, just the way that like, the dialogue's printed on the page. You're like, oh, I've seen that dialogue written like that before. There's right. something there's something connecting these two. Um, art, I loved. I love the art. Um, 
uh, you know, I, I mean, it's not like I wouldn't put it like gushing over the art. It's not like something that I would necessarily want for like a wall. Like sometimes that's like our highest praise is I right. think on this podcast. Like I want this panel as like a poster in my living room. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm not there on that yet, uh, but I think it's. Um, uh, I think it's, it's interesting. It's different, right? Yeah. Like it's a very sort of. Southern uh, bastards. Uh, the pencils it's a little kind of remind me. The, the pencils remind me of who does Southern bastards. Um, okay, yeah, I can see that. It, it's a very everybody's kind of ugly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I guess that makes sense. They're all homeless. But I really, I really, I dug the art too. I I enjoyed the art of it. Uh, that cover for issue one. That's a great cover, man. They're, it's a really TKO is knocking out the covers. I think that's yeah. part, I think that's part of their idea of like how to brand this and get get word of mouth out. Right, and you know. There's not the logos, and, and this is just this is just me. Like, the cover is allowed to be a big, beautiful cover. There's not a lot of crap on it. Mm. The TKO piece is just very much in this in the small of it. And you know what I really like? Everybody, and I I will say I did not go through the whole creative team on this, but on every cover you get everybody. The letterer's name is on the cover. You know what I mean? Like the one of the the editor is on it, right? Like. Everybody gets cover billing, yep. which is pretty great. So Steve they, Wands on Steve have, Wands on lettering and Sebastian Gurner on as as the editor. And if you go to TKO website, they have a whole page where it goes to creators, and it's not just writer and artists; it's letterers and inkers right. and all that stuff. So the TKO has been really good about um, put, like promoting their talent and giving uh, credit where credits due. So. All right, so so let's let's hop off that one and let's go to another one we read. Let's go ahead. Uh, which let's just I'm just gonna pick one. Let's do uh, Sarah next. Oh, you're just gonna get rid of my whole number number. Uh, I, you want to play the game? No, I said no, three no. last time. <laughs> no, okay. Fine. Uh, let's let's go ahead and actually, you know what? Let's do uh, let's, let's. I was gonna say Sarah, but let's do uh, let's save Garth Ennis for last. Let's save Garth okay. Ennis for last. He's probably the let's, biggest let's name go. Yeah, let's go Seven Deadly Sins. Let's do Seven Deadly Sins. So Seven Deadly Sins is uh, Zay Chun as the writer. Uh, Archim Trokhanov is, is on art. Julia Brusco again on colors. Jared K. Fletcher on lettering. And Sebastian Gurner again is the editor. Uh, this is another artist that I follow on uh, Twitter. Uh, this is a, you know, a, a, he did a book that I really enjoyed on Boom Studio that I can't think of the name of right now. I do believe he wrote and drew the book that I'm thinking of on Boom, and I'm going to have to... Um, it was a really kind of gritty, gross sci-fi book that I really liked from Boom uh, when I was reading a lot of single issues. And so when I saw when I saw that he was doing art on one of these, I'm like, oh, cool, because he has a very different art style. So let's talk. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Seven Deadly Sins, Travis? Yeah, sure. Let's keep our, uh, our thing going here. So yeah. here is their uh, summary of Seven Deadly Sins. Seven Deadly Sins, One Deadly Mission. 1857, Texas. A group of death row criminals is recruited by a Mexican priests for a suicide mission into uh, Comancheria. Comancheria, like Comanche, but like I guess they make it like a yeah. land. Comancheria. Okay. I'm gonna start off with something, and you tell me if okay. if you if you if you follow this train of thought. Of the four, I thought this was the most independent esque. As far as yeah, yeah. When, I, when I think about some of these, remind me of what could just be an image series. This reminds me more of what we read from like Caliber Comics. Um, uh, we've had some Caliber comic uh, writers and artists on the show, and this seems to be like the most like indie 
underground as far as the look uh, and the dialogue and 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 things like that. What do you what do you well, what, yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, I, th- I think without being, I, you know, it is definitely. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna murder uh, Trokhanov's name a bunch of times. So I'm, I'm gonna say uh, so he has a very distinct art style, right? It doesn't look like any other the books. It doesn't look like most of what's in comics right now. It's a very sort of ugly stuff. It's it's not it's not very pretty. So I would agree with you that it has the, it is it definitely looks the most indie out of all of them. I think because that art the art style lends it to lends it to it, but it also has it is this is an introduction to a western. That's yeah. what this issue is. Yeah, and I think and I don't know. I'm curious as to what the rest of this is like because this was so much of a setup that I don't really know what comes next. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, this is very much, you know, what the uh, seven samurais, it's very much like, uh, what's the, the good, bad, the ugly, the good, the bad and the ugly. What's the Dirty one? The, yeah. It's, it's very much that right. Suicide squad, right? Mm-hmm. It's the introduction to suicide squad where you get this sort of all of these different characters. They're all, coming. Ambi- they're all ambiguous as far as like good guys, bad guys. Um, they're all, you know, anti, it seems like anti-heroes uh, right. together for a mission. Right. And I, I'm going to tell you what I thought. I thought I did a really good job of giving you a taste of each one of them. There's a lot happening in here. There is. And that's part of the problem. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, but it's also like. Pacing, pacing becomes an issue. Yeah. The pacing is, it's a little too quick. Yeah. Uh, It's hard to, it's hard to find out what is going on. Right. And maybe and maybe that's just me not not knowing enough of this type of genre. Like maybe if I watch more 1950 Western movies, I would be like, oh yeah, this you just set it up in the first 15 minutes, and then it's like a lot of short scenes, and then maybe a long scene. But when I think about like the Searchers and stuff like that, it seems to be like westerns are like longer, slower scenes that unveil something slowly. And I feel like they were like, let's get a lot in this issue. So people will want to read more. Um, it's, it's either that or like, let's get the setup out of the way right now. So we can, so we can play for five more issues. Yeah. I mean, that's, they, that's what I'm curious about because for me, and I guess, and that's my question about the medium. And, and I think that's why I wanted to do this one is cause I want to talk about this, this model, this, this six issue model. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and this is, this is my thought process on it right now. If this is an image book, I wonder if the first issue wouldn't be double sized and it would give you more of what's going on because the image does that every once in a while. Or I wonder, do you, is this something that gets dragged out for four issues as you meet each of the, you meet a couple of these players each time. And so that's probably me like armchair quarterbacking the the story on this one um well it it just seemed to move really fast if it was jason aaron like all six or however many of these people in the crew they would get their own issue right (laughs) right you know for sure for sure i you know i i i'm interested in it because i like this ragged i like the ragtag group story i like that and i I, love westerns yeah right i like i like I like it when a plan comes together, right? I like the the you know the A team version of it that that sort of let's get this 
this group that doesn't belong together together right like it's a it is a very different group right we have a uh you know, you've got the uh, the the Asian immigrant. You've got the, the drunk uh, gunman. You've got the pregnant. The, the pregnant. Uh, I don't know if she's. I you know I didn't catch if she was like a former uh, slave. A, a former slave, yeah. right? You've got this very Tom and then Boy. like the the t- yeah. So they're all interesting characters. I just don't know that I got enough in this first issue to to like really hook me in. Yeah. Because I think the setup went too fast. Yeah, and I think I think they do a good job of, even though they introduce a lot of characters, each of the characters has their own thing. Like, Neil Gaiman talks about writing, and he says, you should give your characters, like, stories that have a lot of characters, like a lot of Neil Gaiman stuff does, like Stardust yeah. and stuff like that. He goes, give your character what's called a funny hat. Meaning, like, right. not literally a funny hat, but, like, something that distinguishes them. And th- and they're certainly doing that in this. Like, everyone's right. got and a little I, bit of a gimmick. that, And I think his art style lends to that, too, right? <laughs> yeah. You get, to, you get to exaggerate a characteristic because that's the way he draws. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a device in writing. Uh, it's also, if you're trying to introduce characters very quickly, it doesn't matter if their voices and dialogue are that different. Usually in good writing, you, you want to have time to establish that a character is different by the way they speak and how they interact with people. But a way to do it quickly is to give them a funny hat. And I think right. that that's what they've done in this, is given a lot of these characters funny hats and then thrown them into a stagecoach together. Um, right. And so... And- and I guess like that's my thing is as I'm curious about where it goes next, but I'm I don't know that I was I don't think that I'm hooked with this issue. And that and I guess like I don't I'm not trying to beat up on the book because look, I think I think the art style is really interesting. Uh, I don't love the coloring all that much. I don't I think it's a little too I think it's a little too it doesn't seem to match the art as well as I think like it's too it's too normal. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think the coloring is too normal for I the. I could have done this in black and white, and it would have been interesting. Oh, that might have been fun to give That's it a real sort of all all in sepia tones. Yep. Yeah, that would be that would be dope. <laughs> yeah. Um, so right. yeah, I, I the same way. I will say this, and then we kind of move on to the next one. The thing that interests me the most, uh, story wise, in this is the uh, white Comanche, the guy who's in the first uh, section of the book, who's yeah. an Indian. Uh, but he's a white guy, and he's like, you're a white guy. And he's like, you you know, what's he going to do to me? What your people have been doing to his people for generations, you know? Right, uh, yeah. And he tomahawks him or scalps him from ear to scalp. And I thought that was right. – I thought that, that that is an interesting idea, a premise uh, that I would like to see developed. And then you kind of – that character disappears as we meet the other characters, and they start their mission. You know, and you know that it's going to come back to it. Oh, sure. I did like I did like this sort of uh, one of the devices that I thought was kind of interesting is the choir is singing, right? Mm-hmm. As uh, as you know, the the priest and the are, are all kind of discussing some stuff, uh, and I really did. I thought that was kind of interesting that you see their phrasing wheel in and out through a couple of the scenes, right? And it and it fits well. Um, Right, like, and was Jerusalem builded here among their dark, dark satan- satanic halls? As you've got that, you know, the 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 head guy sort of riding off in, in you know, with his cross around his neck. There's, I think that that's a really, I think things like that are interesting, and I and that's why I think I think the art allows for a little more 
what could be a pretty plain Jane Western story. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the art gives you something more. It gives you a little more the hateful eight style of it. Right. It right. gives you just, it gives you just, Ooh, there's a bit of wacky for, you know, there's a, a, a little bit of grunge on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, then that's what this, I think that's what his art style gives you on this is it gives you that sort of that grungy grossness over top of it. And look, I've been playing. I played a ton of Red Dead Redemption over Christmas break, so I am. I am like. I am ready for some Western. Western, yeah, yeah. I am ready for some Western. I just. I think that this one may be rushed a little much, but I'm. I'm interested. I'm curious of what it looks like. I. I don't. I'm gonna. They they don't make westerns in in film very much anymore. So comics and novels are really the only place that you can really go for that genre that's done well. and so if you like Westerns, I mean, get them where you can. And this is one place. Yeah. Hey, you know, I'm going to tell you, Travis, get yourself, get yourself a PlayStation. Play yourself some Red Dead Redemption, I man. That's, I would get a, I, I want, the only reason I want to get a PlayStation is to play that game and the Spider-Man game. Oh, Spider-Man looks, Spider-Man looks fun. But Red Dead Redemption, it's super pretty. <laughs> you just get to wander around, man. Do you remember that game Sunset Riders, like on Super Nintendo and the arcades? Like in the early no. 90s, Sunset. That was a good one too. Oh man, I don't remember that one. All, All right. right, so where do you want to go? There next? we. That was uh, that was good. Uh, that was uh, Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, we're, I said we're going to save Sarah for last because it's Garth in it. So let's do uh, Fearsome Doctor Fang. So the Fearsome Doctor Fang uh, is uh, we've got again. Um, Zay Chung is writing this one with Mike Weiss, so the same writer of Seven Deadly Sins, uh, with Dan McCade on art. Uh, Daniela Miwa on color, uh, Steve Wands on lettering, and again, Sebastian Gerner is the editor for these books. Uh, so, what's give us the quick synopsis on this one? All right, just give me a second here. My uh, iPad is booting up, or it's it's trying to get to that page. <laughs> okay, oh nope, you opened the wrong one. Um, so, Doctor Fang. Uh, yeah. So uh, this one says uh, the tagline is. Nothing to fear but Fang himself. (laughs) In this globe-trotting adventure, a San Francisco cop and a treasure hunter pursue a Chinese criminal mastermind who is not what he appears to be. That's that's essentially it, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, I would. I so let's let's go. Let me ask you really quick. Uh, When's the last time you got to read a good globe-trotting? Not since the Johnny Quest adventures of, you know, like it's, very, right? it's, it's totally Johnny Quest, right? It's it's a total, it's a very much a dime novel. Indiana Jones. Indiana serial. Jones, uh, right. Yeah, uh, almost Rocketeer. Uh, 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 very, very, like it's <laughs> that very much that sort of swashbuckling, world traveling, dime store novel, yeah, men's, serial, men's yeah. magazine serial thing. Uh, and I thought it was a lot of fun, man. I I, I was I, it, go ahead. I, I thought I thought the um, it it leans in to that genre. It very much leans into the yeah, see, sort of like sort of take on it. I thought it I thought that the, it was colorful. I thought it was brash, right? Like it was a very it did exactly what I expected it to do when I saw the cover of this first issue. 
Yeah. Uh, so when I looked at the four issues, um, and I kind of before I read them, I, I popped into each and just kind of looked at the synopsis. And right. of the four, and don't tell me if I, if I'm right, but of the four at the beginning, I go, this is the one that Joss. Before I even read it, I'm like, I think this is the one that Joss is going to like the most because on paper, uh, on synopsis, on looking at the cover, um, it is very much like, oh, I think Josh is really gonna is really gonna dig this. It's right up his alley as far as it's pulpy and the art style right. just from the thing. So that was my bet for before I even started reading him, which one Josh is gonna like the best. Now hold off on your answer, uh, okay. but um, I think there's a lot on paper that speaks just to you and your taste, like what you like in a fun comic romp. And I think that's what it gives you. Definitely, it's definitely a romp, right? It's very much a, it's in, it's a very quick punch to the face kind of adventure. It gets right to the point and, but it not in a different way than the one we just talked about a different way than seven deadly sins. It, it jump starts the action right away, but in a different way. And I think it's probably cause there's not 40 different characters all coming together. You don't have to tell the coming together story. And I think, uh, I think the genre itself negates a quick start. Uh, as as whereas we talked about a western usually has that slower unveiling. Uh, these serials are all like, all right, here's your hero. Tragedy uh, uh, strikes them, and here's who they meet along the way. Right, uh, and and you know what I. Uh... It very much well. What's what? It's not John, Johnny Quest is the young version. What's the older at like Doc Savage? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. A very sort of Doc Savage story. There's a motorcycle chase. There's like uh, burning. Um, what's the trolley cars? There's you know uh, there's uh, uh, Chinese junk. There's yeah, like a exactly. Chinese junk yeah, exactly ship at the say. end of it. You know what the beginning of this though is. It's the beginning to that Mortal Kombat movie from the 1990s. It's Johnny Cage. Remember, like, he loses his partner, and then, like, he tracks down the Asian guy to a boat, and they get on this boat, and they go on an adventure. I'm like, they stole this from Mortal Kombat. I, but it, I will tell you what. Uh, it was fun. It was fun. It's, a, it's a, fun, a fun story. I don't, you know, I it didn't. I'm going to tell you right now, and this is because, and this is partly because we read four number one issues quickly. Uh, I don't remember anybody's name, but I don't care, and I don't think it matters, right? No. Like, when I you the, read... I remember the girl's name is Alice because I thought that it was a really good. Uh, he draws women very well. Uh, it's very like zippy. Yeah, everything, everything moved quick. The panels were, the panels were fun. They were interesting. It gave you a lot to see. Um. Can I tell you and, what, I, what I really love in this? I love the yeah. MacGuffin. I love the MacGuffin of Genghis's Khan, Genghis Khan's treasure box. I like yeah. that as the MacGuffin in this. It's like, it's it's related to our world. It's not like the crystal of so-and-so. It's, uh, you know, this thing like, oh, we're going to attach it to, they attach it a little bit to the real world with this right. Genghis Khan thing, and it makes it fun. And, of course, there is that museum night scene that you have to have in any kind of You have of to have, but it's all, it's all... It very much hits all the right beats for yeah. this genre, and it does it. It does it well, and it leans into it. It leans into it well. Like even when he goes to stop the this dude with a giant golden mask on in this Chinese junk, he still holds up his badge. <laughs> he says, "You're under arrest." Like it. It leans so hard into the cheesiness of this sort of genre. Uh, and it, there isn't the first person to attempt to do this. I mean, uh, no. uh, uh, Scott Campbell tried to do it in the 90s with Danger Girl. 
Uh, and there's, there, you know, a lot of independent comics will do these serial type of forms, but I think this is done really well. I thought, I thought it was fun. I, you know, I really, I dug the art a lot. Um, I did like, look, it's, it's a, it's a freaking Zeppelin, right? Like the, 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 the Chinese junk turns into a flying ship. There's all these things where you're like, yep. That uh huh. That's exactly what you would Gotta write. Gotta have a zeppelin. Gotta have a zeppelin. But, right, but that's so essentially it's a very serialized thing. That's exactly what you expect from like a dime store novel, but you get to see it. So instead of it being in your head, you actually get to see it sort of take place. It's fun. It, it like it hit it hit the right beats for me as far as the story goes. And the dialogue uh, isn't bad. It's very reminiscent of the genre. So it's not just like the writer's writing like stilted dialogue. It's very much yeah. of the genre he's writing. So people are like, oh, this dialogue doesn't seem very natural or it seems a bit stilted. It's like, oh, it's very much of the serial genre. Yeah. I just like, I like the like, uh, you know, they're like, I'll take those odds. So it's decided we'll travel together. Yeah. But no more magic tricks. Just Whoa, one more. Just one more. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's perfect. It yeah. literally does hit all those fun things. Uh, I'm interested to see where this one goes. Not not, very, right. not very PC as far as no. I, I love it. No, not at all. But it, but it leans into the genre, right? Yeah. It very much leans into that sort of Strong like... Strong female character. Strong female character. Though. Right, right. Uh, who is exactly... Everything is very much on the nose, in this in this one issue right like she looks exactly like you expect her to look yeah and and like you know the strong female 1950s protagonist of course she has like red short yeah kind of curly like, hair sassy and like i'm gonna like like i, I like i can go toe-to-toe with you like uh quip wise uh, right yeah i love it right all right so let's go last last of the four last of the four that we take that we took a look at uh sarah is the last book and sarah is garth ennis is the writer steve epting another big name on art elizabeth brightweiser on color uh of all those wonderful uh she did all the color on the um criminal books and what's what's their uh what's the team oh um brew uh, no yeah, Brubaker and Phillips. Phillips yeah, yeah. Brubaker and Phillips, and then uh, Rob Steen on letter, and uh, Sebastian Gurner again as editor. Uh, so, give us a little synopsis on this one, Travis. On right. Sarah, the tagline is "Fight hard, shoot straight, don't let them take you alive." A team of not uh, a team <laughs> a team of female Russian snipers beat back the Nazi invaders on the World War II Eastern Front. So we get a good old-fashioned Garth Ennis loves them war stories, yeah. right? That's what he does. He writes a bunch of them for any anybody who will anybody who will let Garth Ennis write a story about war. Like if you and I were like, "Hey, Garth Ennis, we'll pay you a couple bucks to write a war story," he'd be like, "Sure, man." And then you and I get to trust like fucking stick figures, and he'd write the story for us. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, exactly. No, you're right. That's always exactly what I was thinking. So when you look at a new publisher and you see a big name like Garth Ennis, like. I, I if they're like, hey Garth, you know I love these World War Two stories, but like, can you for our publication, can you give us something like a little more preacher esque or like something like that's a little bit? And he's like, no, I'm only no. going to do I'm just going to do a fucking war, war stories. Story. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know what? Uh, what what did you think? What did you think of this premise of this idea, this concept of following these female snipers? So I don't know how accurate it is. I didn't look anything up, but yeah. 
Garth Ennis writes a lot of war stories, I so I assume it's pretty true. Yeah. So right? we and in uh, in my honors uh, ten class, we just finished re- reading the Poisonwood Bible, uh, which you know takes place in the Congo in the 1950s, uh, and allows uh, reading it through narrative. I get so much about a time and region I did not know about. I don't know why, like uh, after you know colonial or after European imperialism. Uh, Africa is the way it is. But through this narrative, I get a real sense of this part of history I did not know much about. I was very naive in. And we just started reading uh, Persepolis uh, for the Honors 10. And it's very much the same way. When we read Persepolis a couple years ago on this podcast, I was like, I don't know anything about the Islamic Revolution. I don't know anything about the uh, Iranian Revolution. And through this narrative, I get a a story, but I also get uh, an insight into a part of history that I'm naive in. And right. as far as World War II is concerned, I know something about World War II, the stuff we learn in school. You know, I'm not a big, avid fan of it. You probably, as a, a, a history teacher, a former history teacher, uh, you know, know a lot more than I do. But of World War II, one of the things that I am very naive in uh, is the Eastern Front. What's right. happening in Russia and how the Russians are fighting this war and which Russians are fighting this war and how that looks on that side. And so a roundabout way of answering your question is, what I loved about this is it looks like Garth Ennis is giving us this nice personal narrative of this female sniper, but through it, he's really seeping it with what seems like to be historically accurate depictions of the types of fighters and how this war was fought on the Eastern Front. Right. Um, I think you're right. Uh, it's beautiful, right? Steve Efting is doing some great art. And then Elizabeth Brightweiser is just great. Her colors are her, she knocks out she's, of the park every time. She's so good. The, like her tones are great. She creates everything looks warm and cold at the same time, right? She really gives you the the sort of like, oh no, that looks like a that looks very cold. Those cheeks are that pink because it's that cold. You know, like mm-hmm. she does a really good job of adding that on here. Um you know, we don't get a whole lot in this first this first issue. We kind of get who these we kind of get introduced to the characters. We get introduced to the ragtag group again. This ragtag group of, you know, uh of snipers. snipers. Yeah. And and they're each a little different. You know, it's a it you know, it's, we see the it's the slowest pace of the four books by far. It is very much a very slow paced story. Uh and you get to kind of sit with it. Uh, the quickest read, by the way, too. Right. Well, there's not a lot of dialogue, mm-hmm. right? Not a lot of dialogue, not a lot of panels. It's very much in that cin- every every panel, ver- there's a lot of cinematic. Everything looks like a movie shot. Steve Epting gives you a lot of like, nope, here's, here's my big wide shot. Here's my next wide shot. Here's a couple zooming in while people talk. Uh, but it is, there's not a lot of panel... I mean, most pages have three panels on it. Yeah, that's it. Most pages are are three or four panels. So there's a there's not a lot. It's slow and quiet, uh, but damn, it's pretty, man. It's like a it. it's a it's a pretty book. Yeah, yeah. And and for only one issue, I'm like, okay, yeah. Tell me, yeah. tell me this, tell me this story. I don't know anything about it, right? Yeah. I I know, you know, I don't know a ton. I mean, most of my, you know, most of my history degree was in American history. uh, And um, that's where I spent a lot of my time was in 
American history uh, and a lot of social movement stuff. I, I didn't I wasn't really a big war guy. The one class I the one war that I took a class on in, in, in college was um, Civil War. Right. So I took like a civil war, a civil war history class. I didn't really do any World War Two classes or, or anything like that. Just what I that was something that was never really interesting to me. Uh, I always kind of like the I didn't like war as much as I liked people. Yeah. Um, but I this this is so this is super interesting to me because it's something I don't know about, especially the Russian side of it, because we don't learn a lot about the Russian side of it, you know, as American kids who grew up. In, in american schools the yeah. russians are bad so especially when you and i were in school right like yeah. why would you ever want to learn anything about the russians they're terrible uh and they, you know and in, 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 in an american history and american culture they never got to be the heroes because the cold war happened so quickly after world war ii that there right like, there wasn't enough time uh for media to be produced to celebrate one of our allies uh right and so i think that's an inter- interesting take on it i love uh not only about the specifics of this uh, area of the war, but about war in general. When she talks about like bullets, uh, and she's up there and she's sniping, and she's talking about how to line up that shot. And yeah, the factors that the that... Pa- the pacing is so good during yeah. that though. It is, it's so good. This idea of like she sees him. There you are, right? And like wait, breathe, wait, wait, hold, wait, yeah. let it out. Like all, it's it's the pacing is is. Mwah, yeah. Right, but again, it's Garth Ennis. Like Garth, like he knows what the hell he's doing. Right, yeah, the best, he's a top-notch writer. The best written top, one, top-notch writer. Because what we're what we're what they're doing in here that I, I didn't see in as much in the other books is it's he's creating something. He's creating tension. We're talking about it as in terms of pace, but right. what he's doing is uh, out of out of the, the four writers, you know, because they're doing different things, different genres. But as far as creating a device in fiction garth ennis is like you know no part of writing is creating tension and so that's what i'm gonna do yes i might not be able to tell as much story in this first issue but like that's what stories do they create tension and then they release it and then they create it again and they release it and i i think it's it's a writer writing in his preferred genre at the top of his game yeah it uh is good yeah, uh, that's what that's what I got for it. Out, yeah. out of the four, out of I mean, and you're right. the The genre for fearsome Doctor Fang gets me and like gets me in like the fun zone, right? Like, ooh, I want to play with that. But this one, I'm like, oh no, I want to learn about that. I want to know what's gonna happen, right? Like this. So I'm, it's I'm the laying best my, one. It's the best one. I'm, I'm laying my cards yep. on the table out. This it's is the best, the best one. one. But yeah, this is I the agree. best one. It wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard. No. I mean, there are yeah. I mean, there are there are others that I'm like, ooh, I would I would I would read that. But this is right. one. This is if I had to pick one of the four to continue reading. Like, okay, one of the four you're absolutely gonna read, hands down, this book. Right. So do you want to? I don't. I don't want to rank them. I don't think that's fair no, to do. No. I, I don't want to do that. But I think this is the. If if this is the. If you and I have made the decision that we're going to read one, we're going to read the whole volume of it to get the full TKO experience yep. of what this looks like. I'm not going to do it digital. I'm going to order it like a real man. Dude, here's what I think we should do. <laughs> yeah. One of us should order the trade. One of us should order the box set and talk about the reading difference in the reading experience. Okay. And what was given on that. I don't care which one. And then two. Uh, I don't want to do like two or three back-to-back TKO things. The next yeah. line of books, I think, comes out in April or May. So 
before the next line of books comes out, we're going to read this trade, and then we're going to look at the preview synopsis of the upcoming books and talk about those in that issue as well. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, that will probably be coming later in spring. Right, right. So I am, I'm excited, I, and I will be, this is the one piece of this model that might be a little tough because right now they dropped four trades and economically speaking, I have, I normally I would have to make a decision about what trade I'm going to buy. Cause it's a commitment. It's not like to like, so we talk about this thing. I teach economics. We talk about this thing uh, in economics, like marginal analysis, right? Where like, you only think about the little bit you're spending. So when you buy one issue at a time, you're like, Oh, it's three bucks, right? Yeah. Three bucks to carry on with a story. I can do three bucks to carry on with a story. The decision you have to make when you buy it this way is, oh, I want that story. Okay, I've got to spend 17 bucks to read the story, right? right? Where if I'm buying it in floppy issues, I'm like, yeah, three. it's three bucks. Three bucks to find out what happens next. So it's a little tough. So for me, I don't know, although I'm interested to see where these stories go, um, I think Goodnight Paradise has a, has the possibility to be a really interesting story. Yep. It's a tough economic decision to go like, all right, I'm going it, to, it'd be tough to go and buy all four. Right. Right. I don't know if I like, I'm interested in all four, but I, it's, it's a, it's a tough decision to go. That's what I'm going to tell you, given the first issue for free, super smart that, idea that's what i was gonna say i go you got two things going for you one they're giving you the first issue for free so when we talk about that that you know investment in buying you do right. a little preview so when you, if you have to select one because of economic reasons you have a little bit of like oh i i you chose poorly that's i mean that's on you after yeah. reading the first four the right. second thing you have is because the whole story is released at once if you wait a little bit you can kind of go and briefly uh look at some reviews right yeah. Uh, if you want to go uh, for like, I want to read a TKO book, but I want to I want to pick what people think is the best one. You can probably right. find that out even now. What people right. think are, is the best one. Right. Uh, but all right. So, guys, uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to read uh, Sarah uh, with Garth. Garth Ennis is the reader, uh, writer, uh, Steve Epting on art, Elizabeth Breitweiser on color. Uh, I missed I lost the I never wrote down the letters because I'm a terrible person and I should be a better a better human being about my comic consumption. Uh, Rob Steen on letterer and uh, Sebastian Gurner as the editor. I am excited to read that volume and talk about it a little later in the spring as, as we as we get there. Uh, Travis. It's been wonderful spending my birthday with you, sir. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad. I appreciate it. I think we've spent a couple birthdays on podcasts. I think so. I am. I, this has been an interesting thing because you and I don't dive into a lot of issues. We don't often get to talk about four stories on, on one, uh, one episode. I'll tell you what, it makes it a little easier. It makes it a little easier. (laughs) (laughs) That's why those, that's why those I fanboy guys, that's why they only do, they just do comics every week. Less repeating ourselves. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. So ladies and gentlemen, remember that you can find the show, uh, on the internets, uh, www.comicexposure.com www. Uh, www you can find us on facebook facebook.com slash comic exposure on twitter at comic exposure uh, and Buy some t-shirts listen guys we're not making a dime off these t-shirts we've set the t-shirts on threadless.com backslash comic exposure as the minimum as cheap as we can make them for you and what that means is we don't get a dime so 
Go in there, probably like ten bucks a shirt or something like that. Have them sent to you. Sport, sport it. Like we get, that seems we, even, literally, we literally see none of that. Shouldn't we put it at like twelve dollars so we can see a couple bucks from it? Because then people don't want to buy it because they're not helping us out. Okay, you make a good point. I think I do. I think I do. <laughs> you make a good point. <laughs> don't just help Threadless. We want them to help us too. Uh, Maybe. So, all right, here's, what, here's the thing: if we make it twelve dollars, okay. That means some money is going to come back to that uh, to us. I will give that money to Josh if he just comes up with some more shirt designs. Like I'm sitting here, <laughs> I wish I had the talent to like draw original art. I wish you know, I had and, the time. And, I wish and, I had the time to draw original. Shut art. your goddamn mouth! You went to four <laughs> WWF shows last week. All right, don't talk to me about time. Oh, you only made like, three of the four. You made like twelve <laughs> hours watching wrestling last week. You could have brought your iPad to one of those shows, <laughs> and by the time that twenty-fifth wrestler came in, you could have watched the last five come in. You shut your beard, <laughs> old man. I am an old man now. It's 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 hitting. I'm in. I'm officially in my late thirties. I think that's that's where I'm sitting at now. Ooh, ooh, no. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning into the show. Uh, our next episode will be a lovely variant edition. And I don't know. Is this maybe this is a variant edition? I don't know if it is or not. I don't really care. Book so, club. We we read books. We talked yeah, about them. We read books. We talked about them. So we got a variant edition. Uh, variant edition coming up. Who knows what we're going to talk about, Travis? I have no idea. There's got to be some something out that we'll we'll chat about uh and so ladies and gentlemen i want to i want to thank you for tuning in uh travis and i have done a really crappy job of of getting a list of books out that we're going to read uh but you know what we love you and we appreciate you for for listening to the show and you know you know what we're going to do travis what's that we're going to see him next trade <laughs>